Thank you for that. Let's take our Bibles this morning to Luke chapter number 12. Uh, Luke chapter number 12. And so we are not going to be in the book of Philippians today. Uh, we'll be in the book of Luke. And uh, this afternoon we'll also uh, be in this same passage of Scripture, uh, preaching basically two parts uh, to the message uh, today. Uh, again, in line with our I Love My Church Sunday uh, and uh, was uh, praying about what to preach, and there's principles in the Bible. In fact, there's so many things in the Bible about finances uh, that um, there's more in the Bible about money than there is about heaven. Uh, so uh, sometimes people get upset about preachers preaching about it, but um, there's just a lot about it in here. And God uses uh, different parables and analogies uh, to, to teach us those things. And, and as a Christian, we ought to look at money as having um, purpose and not just value. And uh, that's always a good perspective uh, as a Christian. And so this is not a, necessarily a stewardship message, uh, but, uh, but it is uh, going to be in line with or in keeping with our uh, plans for today uh, and the offering that we're taking. But it's also, I think, timely. Uh, and I'll be in this passage more in depth today uh, just because of uh, what's going on uh, in our country uh, and uh, with everything. And uh, we've had uh, some banks fail, and, uh, and if you watch the news, or especially like uh, social media, um, the whole world's going to end tomorrow. Uh, and, uh, and so there's just, uh, just a lot of fear-mongering uh, that is going on, and, uh, and so uh, some of you may have a little uh, anxiety about uh, what the stock market is going to do tomorrow, uh, what financial institutions uh, what's going to happen with all that? Is everybody aware of what I'm talking about? All right, so most of you are. Some of you don't care, uh, and uh, and so uh, and let me say this about that: uh, there's a part of us, um, according to this passage, that should uh, adopt that kind of an attitude, not like a you know I don't you know I don't really care attitude, uh, but a perspective, a biblical perspective uh, about uh, about finances uh, and where our treasures are, and that's the crux of, uh, of this passage of Scripture. Uh, but um, there's a spot that we'll read here in our text in a moment, and uh, that will be, of course, the title of the message. Uh, but I just want to help us both with our, uh, the thoughts and stuff about our offering, uh, but just in general, uh, and give us, through the day, seven uh, basic uh, applications um, or reasons uh, why uh, we shouldn't have the kind of harassing anxiety uh, that, um, that consumes our mind about uh, the events of the world and what is going to happen. Uh, and Because uh, here's the thing, um, we, some of you were around maybe during the Great Depression. Uh, there's some that have, even in recent years, in 2008, weathered uh, the stock market uh, stuff that went on there, the housing bubble stuff and all of that. And I'm not saying that there's uh, you know, uh, bad things. Uh, we're already struggling from inflation and the high cost of everything and taxes, you know, living in Washington State. Uh, there's just a lot of things that are, that are pulling all of that. Uh, but, um, but God lays out in his word um, how we're supposed to feel about it, uh, what, we should, what our response should be. And, uh, and God doesn't want us to worry. Uh, we know that. He says to be careful for nothing. Uh, but um, I don't know, we're... You know, I'm hardwired. My mom's a worry wart. I said this. I have a genetic disposition uh, to worrying, uh, and uh, that I've inherited through uh, through my mom. Uh, but uh, that aside, um, the uh, whatever it is that you're predisposed to uh, needs to be tempered 
uh, with uh, the, will, uh, the will of God, the Word of God. And so we're going to look at that here today. Let's all stand together as we read our text from Luke chapter number 12. And by the way, in Matthew chapter number 6 is uh, another passage that deals with all of this. And so your homework assignment is to read that chapter in relation to uh, this one uh, as well. Uh, and we'll find some things that will hopefully help us uh, this morning. The Bible will begin reading verse number 31, but we're going to back up and, uh, and be beyond here as well. Uh, but of the seven points I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you the, the first one this morning uh, in an application, and I'll give you the other six arguments uh, that uh, Jesus is giving. Uh, Jesus is God. Uh, and uh, if you have a red letter edition, uh, you can see uh, the words of, of, of Jesus. And so we know that the Word of God is God. It's God's Word, uh, and, uh, and every single bit of it is important. Uh, but uh, as a Christian, as I'm reading it, uh, whenever I don't have a red letter in front of me, uh, but whenever I have one in front, I kind of really um, pay attention uh, when I come across um, the words of our Lord, particularly uh, as it's, it's documented for us uh, in Scripture. But we're going to begin reading uh, in verse number 31. But rather... Uh, seek ye the kingdom of God. And I, I have but rather circled because uh, there's a thought that he gives us, and this is the alternative. He's saying there's this, but rather do this. All right? And so this is the advice that he is giving to them. He says, Seek ye the kingdom of God, and all these things shall be added unto you. Fear not, little flock, for it is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Sell that ye have, and give alms. Provide yourselves bags which wax not old, a treasure in the heavens that faileth not, where no thief approacheth, neither moth corrupteth. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Then he says this, he says, Let your loins be girded about and your lights burning, and ye yourselves like unto men that wait for their Lord, when he will return from the wedding, uh, when he cometh and knocketh, that may open, uh, they may open unto him immediately." And blessed are those servants whom the Lord, when he cometh, shall find watching. And verily I say unto you, that he shall gird himself and make them to sit down to meet, and will come forth and serve them. And if he shall come in the second watch, or come in the third watch, and find them so, blessed are uh, those servants. This morning and this afternoon, I'm going to preach a message entitled, Fear Not, uh, Little Flock. Our Heavenly Father, I pray that you bless this message, please, and the one to come this afternoon. Uh, our offering to you and all that we do. Uh, we pray that you bless, please, in Jesus' name. Uh, amen. Thank you. Please be seated. Uh, the Lord never lost an opportunity uh, of letting uh, the light of truth uh, shine through uh, to the people that uh, he was addressing and talking to. And he had just spoken uh, in chapter number 12 uh, the parable of a certain rich man. Uh, and, uh, and I love the parables. And by the way, um, uh, we're to take the word of God literally uh, until or where God says to not. And uh, so when he says the parable, I've, I've just talked to a lot of people. I say, here's what the Bible says. They say, well, that's figurative, <laughs> you know. Uh, and no, uh, when it's figurative, um, it's plain in, in the sense of it, especially when it comes to parables. Say, this is a parable. And then when Jesus gave a parable, he would give the meaning of the parable as well. And I'm thankful for that. He would tell them, uh, this is the story he's saying. And then he would give the meaning of that, which he is doing here uh, in chapter number 12. But uh, the parable of the certain rich man was a man who was worried because he had too much. 
and uh, he didn't know what to do uh, with all of the, the stuff and the things that he had had. Uh, and he had no room in his barns to bestow his fruits. And so he's going to tear down his, uh, his, uh, his barns and build bigger barns. And uh, we get to the end of that parable. Uh, and the Bible says in verse number 19, he says to himself, And I will say to my soul, Soul, thou hast much goods laid up for many years. Take thine ease, eat, drink, and be merry. Now, when you read the book of Ecclesiastes, uh, for example... Uh, there is a part, and, and if you don't get anything out of this, please understand uh, that this is not a message about not having things. Uh, the whole crux of what Jesus is teaching his disciples was, uh, it was about self-denial uh, and, uh, and making sure um, that they had a proper perspective uh, in life uh, in regards to all this. And, and he's telling people who had already taken up their cross and followed him, uh, who gave up their, you know, they were fishermen, no longer fishermen. They were tax collectors, no longer tax collectors. They're following Christ, and he's telling them who have no home, uh, they're transients. Uh, they're traveling the countryside with Jesus, who had no place to lay his head, uh, and he's telling them to sell everything uh, in our text and give alms. And so this is not a message to say you need to, you know, uh, sell everything. Um, this is not about... Uh, com communal living or communism uh, or in, in fact socialism is we're going to take it from you uh, and biblical the biblical side is I'm going to freely give it and it always it always cracks me up when I, when somebody and rightfully so they tell people who are for higher taxes uh, for the rich or whatever uh, and they just say well why don't you just give extra why don't you just voluntarily give uh, extra? And of course, they don't do that. Uh, and uh, and our, uh, our purposes and motives and stuff are pretty easily seen uh, on the surface, but then when confronted, uh, even more so. And uh, so this is not about, um, you know, I'm not going to tell anybody here today, uh, sell everything that you have uh, and give it for the I love my church offering. All right? Because it would be unbiblical to do so. Uh, we're to be stewards of what God has given us, and you have bills to pay and, uh, and, and things that you've committed to, and, and that's all part of life. And there's nothing wrong with enjoying uh, life because we find that in Scripture as well. But we can't let um, um, finances uh, and, uh, and the, the life that we live distract us or derail us. Uh, from the purpose that God has given us. So you can all relax. This isn't about just selling everything you got and giving it to the church, all right? Uh, I would never ask you to do that. And, uh, and uh, there, there, there's times for sacrificial giving, and there's times where people have to dig in uh, and to help. This afternoon, um, we'll have our afternoon service, but I'll be going to preach at an evening service at a church that's going through a huge financial problem. A bunch of money was stolen uh, from the church and, uh, and they're just, um, it's just an absolute wreck. I'm thankful that the pastor that's there is out of town, asked me to come and preach. I've been counseling the pastor. I've been counseling uh, the individual who stole the money. Uh, and uh, so I'm up to my, uh, my eyeballs uh, and, uh, in that circumstance. And, uh, but I'm thankful that, um, you know, a local pastor can be out of town. Their church is a mess. They did ask me to preach in their service and not be worried that I'm going to take their members. And we need more of that, by the way. Uh, and, uh, and so people need to be where God's placed them and in the local church that God has uh, placed them in. And, uh, and I'm going to do my dead level best to make sure that, uh, that folks in that church understand that. And so pray for me tonight. So if you're at home and you, you know, you're getting ready to, we had a long day or whatever, uh, I'm going to be doing spiritual battle at 6 o'clock tonight. 
at that other church. So um, uh, it, it's, it's something that we're to be responsible for. We can enjoy life and all those things, uh, but God gives us this, uh, these perspectives. So he just spoke about the parable of a certain rich man, and he's exposing uh, through this parable the sin uh, and the folly of covetousness. Uh, we know we're not supposed to be covetous people. Uh, envy and covetousness, uh, God warns us about multiple times in the Bible. Uh, and it's, it is difficult because we, our eye affects our heart. And we, we see something and we want it. And, uh, but true contentedness is wanting the things that you have. So thankfulness and gratitude, all principles, all values that we should have as, a, as Christians. Uh, and he's warning, the, gives the, this rich man who just, you know, enough, when's enough? When is it going to be enough? Uh, and, uh, and it just never is. And so he's building uh, new barns. He's going to just enjoy himself. In verse 20, he says this, But God said unto him, Thou fool, this night thy soul shall be required of thee. Then whose shall these things be which thou hast provided? And so that whole attitude and spirit of the certain rich man was the spirit and attitude that God was warning his disciples uh, that they shouldn't have. And by the way, later on, as I probably won't get to it, uh, they, the disciple says, is this for us or is this for everybody? The instruction that you're given, is this just for us? And, uh, and, he's, and God basically says, no, it's for everybody. Uh, and, and it's for us today. It's not just uh, for them. Uh, but again, God, God wants to be cross-bearing Christians. He wants us to live crucified lives. Uh, he wants us to be uh, mindful of heavenly things. Uh, and to lay up treasures in heaven, uh, but he also uh, wants us to be responsible uh, stewards uh, of the things that God. So he said, this is a foolish man. Uh, his soul will be required of them. And, and most of us could say, okay, we would agree. Um, that type of a spirit and attitude of, of, of sin and covetousness is something that we don't want. Check, I see it, uh, and I agree with it. And, uh, and, but then in verse 21, he switches gears, and he says, so is he. So he says, this guy's a fool, but he says, so is he that layeth up treasure for himself and is not rich towards God. All right. Now, um, it, there, the Bible talks about the love of money and the root of all evil, uh, and, uh, and it, is, it is very true. Uh, but money itself is not evil. The love of money is the root of evil. And you can, you can, have, you can lay up treasures for yourself, uh, and, and for the reasons that God would lay out in Scripture, you need to, you know, save, you need to pay your bills, you need whatever, uh, and uh, all of that, uh, but, but to do so and not be rich towards God. So please, so you can, you can work and labor and save and put money in, you know, the stock market or whatever and grow your, your nest egg, uh, but if that's what you're living for, um, you're living for the wrong things. And the Bible bears that out in all the passages concerning finances. Uh, but it says to be rich towards God. And, uh, and I could preach on that as an actual subject today. What does it mean to be rich toward God? Uh, and, uh, and we'll probably do that at another time. But he says this in verse 22. And he said unto his disciples, Therefore I say unto you, Take no thought for your life, what ye shall eat, neither for the body, uh, what ye shall put on. The life is more than meat, and the body is more than raiment. Uh, and so he, his disciples, concerned about these things. And we know, I mean, they had, their treasurer was a thief, Judas. 
and, uh, and, uh, and there was a lot of, um, uh, you know, goings on with all of that. Uh, but this rich man suddenly died, uh, and, uh, and then was a, he was a spiritual pauper uh, when he passed. Uh, and uh, and he's the great teacher, the great rabbi, Jesus, God uh, in the flesh, teaching them uh, that they're supposed to lay up treasures in heaven and to be rich towards God. Uh, someone uh, had said this. It says, God judges men to be rich or poor, not by the amount of their possessions, but by their dispositions. Our Lord, um, turning to his disciples, uh, and who, ha- who had, they didn't have fields or barns, uh, and exhorts them uh, to beware of, uh, of the anxieties uh, and the worries that come from worldly cares. So he's telling people who don't have anything to not worry about not having anything. Uh, and, and it's different. And again, this is an agricultural uh, society, uh, and people lived. And so when they're talking about clothes and raiment, I mean, that's people lived hand to mouth. I've been privileged to be in places like, say, Papua New Guinea, where, where you go into a village uh, and it's literally a grass hut with, with wood floors, mosquito nets. There's nothing there. There's a fire like right outside there. And, and those people have maybe two changes of clothes, one that they wear to church and one they wear when they're not at church. And, they, and their food is what they grow. In, in their garden, it, there's, no, there's no going to the supermarket and, uh, and doing all that. They literally hand to mouth what they grow. And, and you know the clothes that they got is to be like Adidas. You know, uh, you know you're in the middle of, of nowhere, Papua New Guinea, and there's Western clothes and brands that come from. So, so those have come over somehow and, uh, through charity, and they have that. Uh, and, uh, and so uh, if you can imagine this message going to people who are living in an agricultural society, hand to mouth, uh, and, and then me as a pastor, any pastor for that matter, trying to make this application to people in America uh, who, if tomorrow, if the, if the wheels came off, uh, we're still better off than, you know, two-thirds of the world or even greater uh, than that. So um, uh, we need to, the context is, you know, here are people who are basically traveling around, you know, uh, sleeping outside and wherever they can lay their head. Uh, and, uh, uh, and they're like, you know, it's, it's loaves and fishes. It's, it is, it's different than, than, what, uh, than what we are or how we live. Uh, and he's teaching them uh, to be, be careful and be aware uh, and don't worry about these things. He says, take no thought for your life, what you shall eat or put on. So it's, it's about um, cl- clothes and food. Uh, is what he's laying down. And, and again, he's saying to them, uh, the, uh, the antidote for worry, the antidote uh, for the anxiety, the, uh, the antidote for the avarice that comes from our worrying and thinking about all these things, the antidote is to consider. It's to think. And he gives them two examples. Uh, one of uh, the ravens, uh, and uh, we'll get into maybe this afternoon, and the other uh, concerning lilies. So ravens who have no agricultural plan, God feeds them. And the lilies, God clothes them. And the, the answer is, this, or what he's teaching us, is that we're more important than the ravens or the lilies, uh, and that we're not to take thought or to worry about all that. And so, uh, again, 
Um, God knows our needs before we even ask them. Uh, and we have a very difficult time uh, as American Christians uh, discerning between what are legitimate needs and what are wants. Um, we are um, spoiled. And again, I'm thankful. I'm, I'm thankful for the blessings of God. I'm, I'm thankful that I'm American. I don't begrudge that. Uh, and, uh, but, but I've got to be mindful of that, especially when I travel. And when I go to Ghana in, in, in just a few weeks, uh, it's, um, you know, uh, I've got to be careful uh, about, about what I do. And, and again, there's going to be uh, times where, um, uh, I'll use this example. One time when I was in with uh, Brother uh, Amos Moses uh, in India, uh, and uh, they had um, uh, house help uh, that was there that they had hired. Um, they paid her $70 a month um, to, uh, to work for them. Uh, and it's like, $70 a month? That was like a lot of money. And, uh, and she had, uh, they lived in a one, basically a one-room house, not the missionary, but this housekeeper, a one-room house with 11 people. And she was the only one working. And, and from that $70 a month, she was able to sustain, and in, in a, good, a good way, her family and the children, her children, uh, her parents, I think, lived there and stuff as well. And, uh, and, and that just blew my mind. So here's this lady. So they, Amos, Moses, and them, they were there as missionaries. They didn't have a washer and a dryer and stuff that we have. And so everything was being hand-washed. Uh, and that lady was doing it. She's cooking the food. She's hand-washing. So I'm there as an American there. And this woman is hand-washing my clothes. And hanging them up uh, to dry, and I was just bothered by it. And uh, you know, uh, so so I we, we the church we ended up buying them washer and a dryer, uh, so that 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 could be um, more convenient for the missionaries and stuff, and for the housekeeper that cut her workload down uh, quite a bit. Uh, but I wanted to just um, give her money for her family. And, but the culture didn't allow for that. I had to give it to the missionary. The, the um, miss, Mrs. Moses had to give it to her uh, and, uh, because of all the perceptions. So you can't just go like just give people money uh, because there's cultural um, nuances and things. We got, I'm saying we just got to be careful. Uh, and, and it would be easy. Um, you know, you think about it. If, if we didn't have lunch here today, uh, you go to whatever Olive Garden, you'll drop 70 bucks on lunch. Uh, where, whereas in, in a lot of places in the world, that's a, a monthly uh, or even a greater uh, monthly uh, salary uh, that is there. He's saying uh, people like people that are in that position, he's giving them uh, this type of uh, an admonition. And so he says, your life is more than meat and your life is more than raiment. We shouldn't be troubled with anxious thoughts about our life because God says it's more than that. Uh, and uh, you've heard this expression, we do, not, we, we do not live to eat, but we eat to live. Uh, and, uh, and that's hard for us to grasp because we, en- we enjoy food. My pastor says after the first three bites, um, it's, all, it's complete entertainment uh, after that. Uh, you, what you swallowed in three bites would sustain your life. Uh, and, uh, and we are, and we just enjoy. And by the way, uh, it's when we sit down for a, a restaurant meal or whatever, even at home, what, we, what sits in front of us could feed a family of six. And, uh, and we feel robbed if we don't leave uh, a restaurant with, uh, without, with take, you know, no takeout boxes or whatever. And uh, it completely different. There, the thought uh, is that we as people of God are supposed to 
to live, uh, live by faith. Uh, and, uh, and that we've been, uh, as Christians, we are partakers of uh, the divine nature uh, of God. Uh, we're a new creation uh, in Christ, and uh, we have eternal life and a home in heaven. And we know, and I just said this to somebody the other day, um, uh, that um, we can, as Christians, we can endure anything. Uh, it's our life. It says, what is our life? But we know the Bible says elsewhere our life is a vapor. Uh, we know that it's here for a little time, then passes away, and um, and so so if we uh, if we live to be a hundred uh, and our life is an absolute train wreck um, compared to eternity, it is nothing. So whatever comes our way as Christians, we're we're supposed to by the by the promise of God's word to be able to endure hardness as a good soldier. But we will not do that if we love comfort and ease and money and, uh, and, uh, and, and we get to a place where we'd have a proper or an improper perspective uh, of those things. And so he says to them, your life is surely more uh, than the meat that it supplies and uh, your life as the followers and servants of Christ is more valued, valuable to him than food and raiment that we get to sustain uh, our life. Therefore, he says, take no thought for your life. He's not saying to be, have suicidal ideations. Uh, he's not. He's not saying to uh, to not uh, to to not value uh, your life. The Bible says no man hates his own flesh, uh, but he says don't take any thought because life is more than meat and raiment. So part of what God wants us to understand is that we shouldn't every day uh, be worrying about uh, whether or not we're going to have food to eat or clothes on our back, uh, and uh, because we're not supposed to take any thought. You say, well, wait a second. God says if I don't work uh, uh, and provide for my family, I'm worse than an infidel. He does say that. And if you don't work, you don't eat. He says that. So we're supposed to labor and work. And when we labor, we're supposed to uh, do so as unto the Lord. And then God gives it all to us. We, re- we give it back to him in our tithes and offerings and free will offerings like what we're doing today. Uh, but, but God, uh, if you agree God is good, just say amen. amen. He, he, is, he is good. And we, um, there's, there's nobody in here, um, you know, I, I hear the, you know, in America, there's, there's poverty in America, and there's, there's all of that, uh, and they always do word salad with everything, and so it's like food insecurity, and uh, is how they would, they would uh, call, call that, and, uh, and, but it's just, um, it's different here than it is a lot of, a lot of other places. And, uh, and so, and, and I, just, I don't want to belabor that. So even here, uh, those who are in, in poverty uh, through the government have, you know, um, opportunity to, to get food. And there's, there's, there's always something. If you're homeless in Seattle, you can, you can go to, to, to 10, 12 different shelters during the course of the day and eat. Uh, and, uh, you know, or uh, and whatever. I'm just saying uh, that uh, sometimes how it is, is given to us, or how it's pictured, or how it's reported to us, isn't really exactly how it is. And uh, and the fact of the matter, um, I could I could probably go without eating for uh, a good forty days, uh, you know, and uh, and it might be good for me uh, to uh, to fast a little bit. So God is good to us. I'm saying, you know, whatever. When we have today, we're having chicken. Enjoy the chicken. Don't feel bad that you're having chicken in somebody else. You know, but again, we should be like, okay, don't be dumping. You know, you ever, I remember uh, my family, they weren't saved, but I remember like scraping stuff in the garbage and them giving me like somebody somewhere is hungry. 
you know, don't, don't be wasteful. I'm saying we need to be good stewards and, uh, and, uh, and all those things. Uh, but we shouldn't be stressed out about it. And, and we shouldn't be worried and we shouldn't have this anxiety uh, that, uh, as he says, fear not, little flock. He says, rather seek those things, uh, the kingdom above, and God shall add all these things. So he says, don't worry about food and raiment, uh, but seek ye first the kingdom of God. He says, all these things will be added unto you. And he tells them, the disciples, to sell what they have and, uh, and to get them bags which wax not, a treasure in heaven that faileth not where no thief cometh. Uh, we know, money's fleeting. You have it one day, you don't have it the next, the next day. Uh, you think of, uh, I read something with the Silicon Valley Bank uh, that uh, Oprah, Oprah stands to lose $513 million uh, of the money. Aren't you feel bad for her? Uh, and uh, she might lose $513 million because that's the money that she had tied up in, in, uh, in that financial institution. And, uh, and so, you know, one day you got $530 million, and the next day you don't got $530 million. All right? Uh, now back to kind of like more reality. One day you got, you know, 10 bucks, <laughs> uh, and, uh, you know, and then your car breaks down and you got to go in debt uh, because, uh, because, you know, the $10. So, um, money comes, money goes. There's times where you have it. There's times when you don't. Um, the idea, Paul says elsewhere in Scripture, that whether I have or I don't, I've learned to be content. That's the secret. I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. That's what that's about. It's not about sports or whatever. It's like I can, if, if uh, everything stabilizes tomorrow, I'm good. If the stock market crashes and all the banks, like I saw one uh, video or, or not a, a picture, and it, was, it wasn't a real picture, but it had, it said every single financial institution, and it had, I didn't, you know, poke on it and blow it up, but it was like a, a spreadsheet, and it says every single financial institution just went into the red. And, uh, and if, you know, uh, you look at that, you go, oh, no. Now, it wasn't true. And, uh, and so, uh, but, uh, but can you imagine somebody sees that and buys into it? Could you imagine seeing that? Uh, or, or just going through anything without Christ and without the perspective that God gives us. Uh, so he says to, to lay up treasures in heaven because the stuff here, moth comes in, moths corrupt it, uh, and things rust and they fade away. Uh, it's fleeting. Uh, and, uh, and so uh, he says to invest in heaven, to divest in the things in the world and invest in in heaven to be rich towards God, uh, and uh, and we'll speak more of that uh, a little bit this afternoon. But but he says, let your loins be girded about verse thirty five, and let your lights burning that you're that we're supposed to be waiting for the Lord. And uh, so, um, if I can, because we're out of time, if I can just say this: when this pictures for me, somebody who is uh, who's got their bags packed. And they're just ready to go. Uh, it's, it's kind of like, you know, um, we're just waiting. And when we're waiting, everything that we're leaving behind is of less importance 
than what we're, what we're going to. And we know that God says life is a vapor. We know that we're pilgrims. We're just passing through. Uh, all those principles are there. But God wants us to find, find, find us waiting. And there's a part of that that helps as we say, laying up treasures in heaven, whether we're, we're given to a church offering or uh, those types of things, um, or we're serving because our, our treasures can be more than just money. Um, it's, it's anything that we value, our time and, uh, and all of that, uh, to where uh, it, it, God, wa- God doesn't want us, there's a certain aspect of that to where God doesn't want us to settle in. We are, we're just passing through. And I'm saying, I own a house, don't, please don't misunderstand me. Uh, and, uh, but there's a part of, uh, of it's like, okay, this is the Lord's house, this belongs to him. And, uh, and, and it's, just a t- it's just a temporary d- dwelling. Because if the trump sounded, and uh, I'd be out. And, um, you know, uh, somebody's going to move into that house. And uh, can you imagine? I mean, just think of the housing market. When I, if, the, if the rapture happened and all these Christians leave, uh, just people just pick, hey, I'll just move into this one over here. Uh, these people don't need it anymore. Uh, they've been abducted by aliens uh, is probably what they're, they're going to think. So, uh, we are to be watching and waiting. It's our bags packed. We're prepared to meet the Lord. And, uh, and we're investing in, um, in the, into heaven. And uh, so our treasures, where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. So today, as we give this offering in a moment, there's that, part, that principle is there. I want, us, I want you to love your church. And so the idea is you invest in your church where your treasure is, your heart is. And, uh, and that's the, the biblical principle about that. And I've even, it's like, you know, I say this every year, but it's like, if you're having a, you and your wife aren't getting along, go buy her something nice. Like, why would I, you know, why would I do that, Pastor? Because if you buy her something nice, your heart will follow. <laughs> and your, your love, your, where your treasure is, your heart will be also. And you're like, well, tr- just try it. And, uh, and so it could, be, it could be something like that. You can apply that principle in many ways. But it's, it is... Um, easy for us um, to tell. If somebody is, somebody is young people, if you're trying to find you know, someone to marry, you can discern where their heart is um, by their finances and what they're doing. It's, it's, it's a principle that is there. We're applying it to an offering, but it's, it's broad, and it goes you know, everywhere. I read somebody, if, if that young man's more concerned about biceps than precepts, uh, then you need to start looking somewhere else. And, uh, and, uh, and it, is, it is true. So today as we go into this offering, I want you to think of first, our life is more than meat and raiment. We're just passing through. We're given. And by the way, we're given an offering on the day before um, the stock market doing whatever it's going to do. Are you with me? Amen. All right. So, but what is the way biblically that we hedge against inflation or we hedge against things. We know we, when we give, God gives back. So I don't want you to be afraid to commit you know, to a monthly I love my church fund because you don't know um, if you know, you're going to uh, lose 40% uh, on your portfolio. Uh, what if we just trusted the Lord and we give a biblical, give according to, to principle and purpose uh, and be rich towards God uh, and just trusting the Lord that God is going to help us. Here's the thing. He's helped us through every single thing already. Uh, and what got you through 2008 will get you through 2023. 
And, uh, and, and we just, God doesn't want us to have that type of anxiety uh, over, over these things. And that is plain. So like Brother Beckham's like, just, you know, shake it out, put your hands down. And you just, you're trusting the Lord. But then proactively in today, the timing, somebody said, man, the timing's terrible to take up an offering. I disagree. I think it's great timing. Uh, because because we, want, we want God to bless us. And so we know he just blesses our giving. And so we're going to do that today. And then I'm going to give, the first one was value of life. And then these other, uh, you know, uh, set the arguments that God gives here, we'll give those this afternoon. But I'd like to invite you to stand at, right now at this time. And, uh, and we're going to pray just for a moment. And uh, we're going to have Amanda come to the piano. And we're going to pray. And I'd ask you to pray again about, anything, whatever the Lord lays in your heart. Maybe it's your spirit and attitude towards these types of things. Maybe, uh, you know, just the mere mention of money uh, from a pulpit just sends you into uh, a place in your heart and spirit that it shouldn't be. And, and God, uh, my, my goal is for you to just mind the Lord and obey the Lord and whatever it is. And it's not about equal giving. It's, it's just understanding the principle and sacrificing and doing that because you love your church. And, and it's what we do each and every year. And again, it's for our church family if you're visiting with us. But maybe it's just praying and asking God to give direction about that for the offering here in just a minute. Whatever it is, let's just spend a couple minutes uh, with the Lord in prayer. As the panel begins to play, and uh, let's uh, use your seat as an altar. You can sit, you can kneel, you can come up here and maybe you're asking, God, maybe God hasn't told you what uh, to give yet. Uh, but more important than that, understand that your life is more than money um, is plain in this scripture and 